Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, it is Monday morning, and that means your boys are back. SP3, did we do an entire show last week? I feel like I haven't talked to you in like eight months at this point. Like, last week was insane with internet issues and scheduling issues. It's nice to get this week off on the right foot. 7 a.m., Monday morning, we are here, and we are talking about, oh, gee, I don't know, what could possibly be going on in the world of professional wrestling that is that is of any kind of consequence whatsoever. I don't know, like maybe some more Wall Street Journal reports that dropped on Friday. Another news bomb, and I mean a news bomb, and it is getting worse and worse by the day if you are Vincent Kennedy McMahon, although he sure as hell ain't acting like it, according to reports. We will dive into all of that. Everybody is losing their minds over the latest drama or latest developments surrounding Sasha Banks and Naomi. But should they be? We'll dive into that. And how about some happy news? How about some happy news? Pat McAfee sticking around, living his best life, dancing on tables and playing golf with Aaron Rodgers for crying out loud. That man is my hero. He is my absolute hero. He is living the life that I want to live, and I could not be happier for him. Plus, we'll talk about Liv Morgan, Lacey Evans, the Street Profits, and, yes, Mr. Money in the Bank himself, Austin Theory. But, SP3, how are you doing today? I'm doing <laughs> fine. Yeah, we didn't do a show at all last week. Uh, your, our usual day to do the first show of the week. I I went to Revolution Pro, got to see Will Ospreay murder a 60-year-old wrestler. Um, nice. I, I got to see Shudo Amino selling Chris Jericho's fireball to the face in person. Uh, almost got killed by a couple of uh, Tope Suicidas because there wasn't any guardrail at the show. So that was fun, pulling my wife out of the way of Tope Suicidas. Always a good time, always a good Husband date. of the year right there, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Laying his body on the line. <laughs> Then, then our usual Tuesday show. You got you got uh, called in to work. You're a hardworking man at the at the radio station. Then you know our our Wednesday our post dynamite show. I couldn't make it because it's like three a.m. here. So some weeks uh, you gotta understand. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna want to just go to sleep after <laughs> an episode of Dynamite. Uh, so and all this is going you- on, by the way, as my internet was in it frequently going if it wasn't for scheduling issues i physically couldn't do the show there was a point where i had no internet for two days so i'm sitting here like a savage just watching you know ron's all those other shows on my phone off of my uh off my cell phone connection that is paid for by my shoot job so you know it is it is what it is we got to do what we got to do but we are here we are back no internet issues no scheduling issues so much to dive into First things first, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online, the continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Get all the latest odds, news, developments, including this year's Major League Baseball games that are still going on for everybody except the Cincinnati Reds. Latest fighting news, even next season's 
early NFL futures? I don't know. Training camp's only two weeks away. We got a big fantasy football league that I'm going to win this year, SP3. Head on over to the website. Use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get that bonus that is B-L-E-A-V and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. We need to contact Bet Online because I think there needs to be a lot of bets and money being laid down on this wrestling media fantasy football league that we got going on. We got big doings going on behind the scenes here, including Commissioner Dutch. Commissioner Dutch Mandel rolling in to, to take care of this league here and lay down the law. I, I should, I should be called by like WWE and sports leagues all around the world. I, I put a lot of this together. You know, I've recruited <laughs> you a part of the a part of the, the, the league, Dutch a part of the league. Uh we got we got Steve from Going in Raw part of the league. Like we got some of the biggest names in wrestling media, Sean Rossap, Jeremy Lambert from from Fightful, Rod Wilkins from Fightful, Jarrett Bailey, who does uh, NFL on uh, like CBS and all this other stuff. Like we have some of the biggest names in wrestling media, Ali Queen of the Ring, a part of our wrestling media football, uh, fantasy football league. How how quickly we put it all together is amazing yeah. to think. Yeah, it, 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 it shows the ingenuity. Yeah, and not only that, but everybody's taking this really seriously because I, I've put together fantasy leagues before you don't get everybody joining the league right away like that. Everybody joined in, hopped in on their spots and was ready to go and they're ready to throw some money down. So we need to contact bet online and get some bets placed on this thing. Uh, Jeremy uh, should be the odds on favor considering he, you know, covers the NFL on a semi-regular basis. So you think he'd be in the know on this stuff. So uh, maybe. Well, Jared, Jared Bailey, uh, you know, all the credit to him, but he is also, I think, 22 years old. He didn't know what AIM was. And he uh -huh. and he he frequently, frequently uh, undermines and underrates the Tennessee Titans. Just ask top guy JJ of True Hill Heat about that because <laughs> he still brags about how he was right about the Titans making the playoffs last year. And Jared, Jared wasn't. Uh, yeah, they made the playoffs. We're the number one seed. Didn't go anywhere, thanks to my Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, it is what it is. But we ain't here to talk about football. We're not here to talk about fantasy. I've actually been kind of stalling on purpose because this is not a story that I want to talk about or, frankly, enjoy talking about. And I don't know who would, to be honest with you. But another Friday news dump from the Wall Street Journal as they dropped another bombshell report as if it wasn't bad enough from the first report about Vince paying a, a former, you know, uh, what was it, legal advisor or counsel, legal, legal counsel member, part of the WWE team there, uh, $3 million in hush money to keep their alleged affair hush-hush. Now, there are reports that he has paid out $12 million to four other women. And to me, this is the big one, $7.5 million to a former talent. A wrestler, somebody who he was in charge of creatively, paid out $7 million after they were coerced, demoted, and ultimately fired in 2005 for not continuing with sexual encounters with the chairman himself. And that right there, like as as not as as rest of this ain't bad enough. This right here to me screams. Vince McMahon, there is no way that Vince McMahon should still be in charge of WWE creative. 
that right there is the biggest that's not a smoking gun that is a pipe bomb that went off in the middle of fountain square all right that is what that is there is no way in my opinion and i would say this about anybody i would say this for the head of an nfl coach right like if he got involved with one of his players and then benched him for not continue, I would say the same thing there. I will say the same thing here. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter the business. It doesn't matter the industry. When you have a manager who uses their influence, uses their power to coerce somebody into doing something, and when the employee finally says no, that employee is then demoted and fired, that person, that manager should not have a job anymore. Vince McMahon should not be the head of creative, at least temporarily, while these investigations are going on. There's no way that he should be able to continue. But then again, he's the boss. Stephanie McMahon's the CEO. But I think it's pretty damn clear Vince still runs the ship, and we know what's more important to him. He'll step down to CEO, but according to reports, Fightful Select and everything like that, business as usual, Friday Night SmackDown this week. Vince McMahon just don't care. At least he didn't go out on television this week. At least he didn't do that. I said I said this on Truly, and I'll say it here. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't you know hold uh, hold my breath too soon or congratulate him for not being on TV because the news dropped on Friday. The last time this happened, the news dropped on Wednesday, and he had two two days to think about. Oh, then he said, "Oh, let me show up on SmackDown." So if he doesn't show up on Raw, then we can be like, oh, at least he didn't show up on Raw. Let's not <laughs> talk about the day of. The day of, I, of course, he's going to be like, you know, let me just worry about creative. I don't need to go out there and tell him, fuck him yet. Uh, but um, maybe we might get, the, get that on uh, Monday Night Raw. And it's very rare that I say any type of profanity. But this whole story... And the news of how he was very nonchalant about it and the, the, the F of when he went backstage after his first appearance on SmackDown and then hearing all of this. This is basically what we all talked about when the first allegations came out. We said that this is the first of many. All that first one with the former paralegal did was open up the floodgates and now it is pouring out a total of $12 million to four different women like this is not good. This is not a good image for the WWE. And like I said, when Stephanie McMahon was made interim CEO and chairwoman, this was a process based on what Vince said in his quote with that press release from the WWE board of directors. I felt like this was a move to make the transition smooth. And I think that the next announcement that we're going to get from the board of directors isn't about any findings of the investigation. It might be before anything that Stephanie McMahon is now the permanent CEO and chairwoman. And maybe, possibly, if they're thinking in their right mind and just taking the evidence at face value, the move now is to at least give Vince a administrative leave of absence like yeah. you did with John Laronitis. He needs an administrative leave of absence from his role as head of creative. And I'm not saying that's honestly a good thing. I know everybody's like, oh, that's the greatest thing ever for Vince to be removed from creative. I'm sorry. The other option, it's not going to be Triple H like you all wish it will. It's not going to be Paul Heyman like you all hope it was. It's going to be the biggest puppet, the biggest yes man in Vince McMahon lore, Bruce Pritchard. 
He is already the executive director of creative, and he is not an improvement on Vince McMahon being the head of creative. Unfortunately, that's what it's going to be, in my opinion. My only there's a lot of questions that surround a move like that. If Vince ultimately does take a leave of absence, which again, he should slam dunk. No doubt in my mind, he should have been out Friday. In my the hours after this was dropped, he should have been out, should have been forced to take a leave of absence. But again, I don't know how much power he still has. Obviously, a lot if he's still sitting in that chair and running the show. But if he does take a leave of absence, it's not going to be Vince that's going to be promoting the head of you know WWE creative at that point or executive producers of this, that, and the other thing. I believe that would fall on the board and fall on Stephanie. Right? But I'm 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 just telling y'all the board of directors made Bruce Pritchard, who has publicly gone on record and said that he doesn't like being a, he doesn't like dealing with talent relations. They made him the head of talent relations. That's what they're gonna do. They, he's already the executive director of, of creative. The only step up, it's like being the supervisor at work. If the manager gets fired, you either work from the outside or you promote the guy within. And yeah. Stephanie McMahon was on a leave of absence, so they could have they could have promoted anyone who was within WWE, but they went with the person who has been positioned for that role of interim CEO and chairwoman. The person who was in position to take over head of creative is Bruce Pritchard. I'm letting y'all know. I'm, I hope I hope I'm not I'm not like this big oh man. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. No, it's common sense. This is yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. It, look, more than likely. But again, if Vince McMahon is 100% out of the picture on a leave of absence, not involved with WWE at present time, I'm just saying it there is at least a chance they might go in another direction. They won't. At least a chance. But you're right. They probably won't. But here's the, the thing. The chance is like 5%. And I think I'm being generous. But here's the thing. It's probably a 0% chance because that would require Vince McMahon to take a leave of absence. This this is the other thing that I've, I've been saying everywhere is that the, none of this should shock anybody. If you know no. the history of Vince McMahon, none of this should shock you. The thing that should shock anyone and everyone is if Vince actually does a leave of absence. If this is the thing that actually removes Vince McMahon from power in WWE because nothing we've seen in our lifetime, in our parents' lifetime, says that Vince McMahon is going to leave uh, unless it's under his own, you know, he has an epiphany and realizes it. Maybe I should take some time off. No, the only way he's leaving is in a pine box or handcuffs. Like, seriously, like that's the only way that he is leaving is he's going to have to be forced out of there. And that's the question is, how does this happen? And frankly, it, it's got to be mounting pressure, right? And I'm not talking about from the board. I'm talking about from networks. I'm talking about from sponsors. Those are the people that are going to have to voice concerns. And I don't know if they have any, but it's not a good look. Everything that's going down with Vince right now, it's not a good look for WWE, but it's also not a good look for Fox. It's not a good look for uh, NBC Universal. It's not a good look for Peacock. It's not a good look for anybody who puts their money into WWE's product. It's not a good look. It's all going to be how much power and influence those people have collectively to force Vince McMahon to either take a leave of absence on his own or force some... 
again, the inner workings of WWE, it all runs through Vince McMahon. And that's why the, 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 the promotion of Stephanie to interim CEO was what, what did you call it? You, uh, it's a face move. It's, it's cosmetic. It's a cosmetic yes. move. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cosmetic move. And that's what, that's what basically her, you know, removing the interim title will be. And that's what I'm saying with the, another cosmetic move is Vince being taken a leave of absence from head of creative and Bruce Pritchard being the new head of creative. That's just a cosmetic move because Bruce is going to have Vince in his ear regardless. Yes. Yeah, he, he's never come out with a great idea on his own. <laughs> you just listen to something to wrestle with. It always involves Vince in some way. All of his great ideas, it has to go through a filter, and that filter has always been named Vince McMahon. Um, yeah. So again, none of this is good from any aspect of this. And guys, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Like, there's going to be more. That comes out. And that's not me speculating. That is that that is a fact. That is what people have said. More of this is going to come out as they continue to dig deeper and deeper into the past of Vince McMahon. And yeah, I mean the paper trails there, obviously. I mean, these aren't these aren't allegations to a certain point. These this is bad. This money was paid out. This money was paid out. So these are more than allegations. There is a large sense of truth to these reports that are coming out. So We'll see uh, where things go and how things progress and whether or not Vince McMahon decides to say fuck them on Monday and come out there on Monday Night Raw and welcome everybody to the show. We shall see if the chairman decides, or the ex-chairman, I should say, walks down to the ring and drops his big-ass grapefruits in the center of the ring one more again. Let's move on to some happy news because I think a lot of people, when this news drops, I think it was also on Friday, either Thursday or Friday, when this news dropped. Are we dropped. talking about AEW? Oh, no, we're talking about WWE. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You say good news. I'm sorry. Well, sorry. hey, look, Pat McAfee signing a multi year extension with WWE is fantastic news. I think he has been a slam dunk hire. And I'll, I'll admit, when they first brought him on to be on commentary, I'm like, all right, I have no idea how this is going to work. This could totally backfire. And he has taken to WWE like a duck to water. He is infectious. He is hilarious. He brings a certain amount of energy to SmackDown. If you don't believe me, watch this week's show because that energy was clearly missing. Uh, and that's not a knock on Corey Graves. That's that would be that that that's just praise for Pat McAfee because he brings so much to the table as both a, a color commentator and as an in-ring performer. Right now, his match with Happy Corbin at SummerSlam, which was made official last week, is one of the more highly anticipated matches for me on this card because it's something different, and we're going to see something cool. Also got two former Indianapolis Colts teammates facing off at WrestleMania. I mean, you want to talk about long-term booking now. That's some long-term booking. One of those dudes actually made the team happy Corbin but this is great news for Pat this is great news for WWE and I was really happy and thrilled to, to see all this and I hope it continues the way what we've been seeing him on him on commentary every week and give me two or three matches a year out of Pat McAfee I think that's the best way to utilize him yeah he's been a revelation uh, someone that uh 
when he first was about to have his matchup with NXT, I was firmly against it. I didn't want to see it. Uh, I thought he was annoying as uh, <laughs> on those kickoff shows for NXT and the pre-shows. And then he debuted, he had his first promo, and he started to win me over. He's just a natural talker, has natural charisma. He showed out, had a fantastic match against Adam Cole in his first ever match, one of the greatest debut matches for a celebrity uh, in a way because he's an NFL punter. I don't know if you could call them celebrities, but in a way, a celebrity first match that was fantastic uh, and then he performed well in war games then he came the smackdown commentary and like you said he's been a breath of fresh air like the the genuine enthusiasm that he has he's not the best commentator but he's the best one in WWE. Like from a technical standpoint, he's not a very good commentator because he says a lot of things that commentators are not supposed to say. But in just needing that genuineness that has been ripped away from guys like Michael Cole, Corey Graves, Byron Saxton, Pat McAfee is the best because he gives you general excitement and he sounds like a fan of the product, which makes you become a fan of the product listening to him. So that's what WWE needs. This is one of the best acquisitions that WWE's made in a couple of years. The reports from WrestleVos say they know what they have with Pat McAfee. So I'm glad that he's here long term. Yeah, and and look, Michael Cole has said this. He said it on Twitter, and he don't tweet very often, but he has said this a, a lot of times, that Pat McAfee kind of revitalized his career and kind of re-energized him. And I think you see that. That that POV video that they did of, of Cole and McAfee when Liv Morgan cashed in money at the bank, it gave me goosebumps watching it, just watching those two get genuinely excited to see Liv Morgan cash in money in the bank. And they, and Michael Cole, hell, he dropped her shoot name on, on TV on that pay-per-view. Like you could tell he was genuinely happy for Liv, the person, not just the character cashing in and winning money in the bank. It added so much more emotion to that moment. And again, it was, it's all, you can see the excitement in Pat McAfee. He's every time he sees a, a move, it's like he's seeing it for the first time. And he just brings that spark to the show. And again, it was missed this weekend. I know he was playing golf with Aaron Rodgers and AJ Hawk and all that stuff or selling the neck injury, whatever the hell WWE got their signals crossed on that one. But still, uh, great for Pat, great for WWE, enjoying the hell out of it. I did enjoy week one of Liv Morgan's uh, run as SmackDown Women's Champion. I hope we have a lot more. But there's a question there. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. For those of you who are new to the program, thank you so much for being here. Make sure to give us a thumbs up. Make sure to hit that subscribe button as we continue to inch our way towards monetization. Really appreciate you guys. Picked up like 50 subscribers last month. That was huge. Appreciate you guys for that one. Uh, we do got a lot that's going to be coming up here uh, on the uh, channel in the next uh, week or so, including a conversation I'm going to have with Athena. AEW, there's an AEW drop there for you, SP3. Going to be talking to Athena this week. Uh, so hopefully she'll get her TBS championship shot sometime very soon. Also going to be talking to uh, Renee Paquette. Pretty much anybody who was on WWE backstage, I'm going to try and knock them all off uh, sometime this month. Might have a few more lined up for you uh, as well. So uh, again, subscribe to the channel. We got a lot coming down. Going to talk about uh, StarCast 5 uh, with Renee coming up later this week. That might drop uh, next week uh, there, actually. But still, we're talking about Liv Morgan here. 
officially moved over to the SmackDown roster, which helps a ton, right? We we talked about that. They needed something. They needed a, a refreshment. They needed uh, they needed an infuse of of new talent and new baby faces. We've been talking about that for a couple of weeks, and now all of a sudden, within the last few weeks, we have added Sonya Deville to the roster. Great. Now we've added a hot top baby face and Lib Morgan, new champion. Great. We've added uh, Lacey Evans, who could have been a babyface, could have been a heel. We know what she is now. We'll talk about her coming up here in a minute. But they did this 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 great job of presenting Liv Morgan. I thought her promo on Monday came off very genuine. You could see the excitement and the love in her face. The crowd was eating it up. Loved that. We come out on Friday Night SmackDown and basically kind of a rinse and repeat, but just with Michael Cole uh, in the ring this time. However, then we get Natty involved. And between Michael Cole and Natty, there were a lot of, this is great. You've earned this. You, you, you have worked so hard for this. But if it wasn't for Natalia, you wouldn't have won this. But if it wasn't for the fact that Ronda Rousey was hurt, you wouldn't be champion right now. But if it wasn't for the fact that you had the money in the bank briefcase, you wouldn't be the SmackDown Women's Champion. A lot of butts. They decided to take Liv Morgan's win and spray paint a giant asterisk next to this. And I'm sitting here going, what are we doing? What, why, why, why are we doing this? Who gives a flying hell about any of that? That's the whole entire point of money in the bank. It has been well established unless you are John Cena or Damian Sandow, right? Like, or RVD. You take the absolute opportune moment whenever it is, and you had a wounded, hobbling Ronda Rousey. I don't care if it's babyface on babyface. Who gives a shit? Let's also just ignore the fact that Liv Morgan was in a ladder match two hours prior to that cash-in. Let's just focus on the fact that Ronda Rousey got a, got a knee bar and a sharpshooter. All right, let's just focus on that. I'm sitting here and going, why are we doing this? And I can't help but to think back to last year's Money in the Bank winner, which was Nikki A.S.H. Won the briefcase. Crowd was happy. She cashes in the next night on Raw. And then all of a sudden, the entire story of her whole six-week run, four, six-week run, whatever it was, was, does she deserve it? Is she good enough to be the Raw Women's Champion? And by the way, she had some of the best matches in her career during that six-month stretch. Bangers with Charlotte Flair, a lot of them. And then it comes to SummerSlam. The culmination of that story should have been, yes, Nikki A.S.H. is good enough. She beat Charlotte Flair to retain the Raw Women's Championship. What happened? Charlotte Flair won the Raw Women's Championship. And the culmination of the story was, no, Nikki's not good enough. And then Nikki's position on the card slowly, slowly went down, and now she's chasing the 24-7 championship. I, I... All it took was one, one episode of SmackDown where they kept throwing that butt at me. I'm legit worried here now that this match with Ronda Rousey has been made official with Liv Morgan. This, this should be a long title run for Liv Morgan. At least a few months, at least a few defenses. SP3, number one here on the five count. Should Liv Morgan fans be worried ahead of her match with Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam that she might be getting the Nikki A.S.H. treatment here? Be worried. Be very worried. Ronda Rousey gifted Liv Morgan the SmackDown Women's Championship. 
Literally. And I know there's a bunch of Ronda haters that'll be like, oh, she's just trying to cut trace off of this popularity and stuff. I'm sorry. You have two options here. That WWE, after seven or eight years of of booking Liv Morgan, like the perennial loser, finally decided, you know what? We're going to give Liv that opportunity. She's always wanted. Or somebody that they would listen to said that they wanted to put the title on Liv Morgan. I believe the latter, and the latter sounds much more realistic than the former. So, yes, be worried. I think the only way Liv Morgan walks out of SummerSlam with the SmackDown Women's Championship is if Charlotte Flair costs Ronda Rousey the title. And even that ain't that good for Liv Morgan's reign that one of her wins was something that they're totally washing over and saying that she got lucky and it was only due to other people that beat up Ronda Rousey before she got the win and then her next win over Ronda Rousey even though it's two wins over Ronda Rousey and that's something to hang your hat on the next win is going to be because Charlotte Flair really beat Ronda Rousey it doesn't do that much to establish Liv Morgan as a main eventer in this woman's yeah and and look it it doesn't take a whole lot of dot connecting to to point to what the WWE's real priority here is. It's protecting Ronda Rousey. Like that's WWE's priority here. So yes, I don't expect Liv Morgan to beat Ronda Rousey clean in the middle of the ring. Has Ronda Rousey lost a match clean yet? Even going back to WrestleMania 35, didn't lose there. There were some hijinks in her match with Charlotte. She didn't really lose there, even though she ate the big boot. And then that's, got- that's the only that's the closest thing to a clean loss that she's had. And she made Charlotte tap in that matchup with the referee down. And exactly. Referee so, bump. So, yeah, she, she's never lost clean. She's never really WWE. lost. She's lost matches, but she's never really lost. So do I expect the WWE is going to give that first clean, legit loss to Liv Morgan? I do not because her name's not Charlotte Flair. Her name's not Becky Lynch. Her name's not Bailey. I'd say Shasha Banks, but we all know where that's at, and we'll we'll get to that coming up here soon. It's not anybody in that upper echelon there, and they do have a chance. They have an opportunity to make Liv Morgan. They gave her the moment. That's what WWE is so great at, right? They make those moments. They gave Nikki a moment. They gave Big E a moment. We all saw how those ended, right? Like, they gave Kofi a great moment. Gave him actually a long run. We saw how that ended. All right. Gave Ray Mysterio a moment. We all saw how that ended afterwards. Bray Wyatt got a moment. I'll see what how that's happened. Yes, exactly. So I'm extremely worried. I'm extremely worried. This this title run should be beating Ronda Rousey. Should be beating her white whale, right? Like, okay, okay, she beats Ronda. Where does she go from here? Her white whale is Charlotte. That should be her next big feud after SummerSlam. We don't need to go back and revisit Charlotte and Ronda again. We just don't. We don't need to. Absolutely not. Don't need it. As a matter of fact, I would love to see, because if Ronda's not in the main title picture, I'd love to see her and Shayna Baszler kind of team up and kind of put the fuel back into that women's tag team division if that's something that WWE actually has any plans of doing anytime soon. But there are other things you can do with Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan and Charlotte, that should be her next big feud. Then she finally beats Charlotte. And then we can move on to the next big heel in WWE on the SmackDown division. 
that solidified herself as a heel this past week on Friday. And that would be Lacey Evans. There's been a lot of, is she a babyface? Is she a heel? Is she on SmackDown? Is she on raw? There's been a lot of, a, a lot of reports about what the hell they're doing with her. And frankly, a lot of her return got botched, but there was extenuating circumstances surrounding that. Cause a lot of things changed with Lacey Evans due to what was going on behind the scenes with Sasha Banks and Naomi. But to me, this was absolutely the right call to turn Lacey Evans heel here on Friday. The crowds were not reacting to Lacey the way they thought they would. Yes, she has an inspirational story. Yes, she can connect with the audience on a level there. And I did see some people complaining that they didn't even give her time to get over. I actually commend WWE for calling an immediate about face here instead of just pushing a rock up a steep hill because they've done this already with Becky Lynch. They gave Becky Lynch time to get her heel heat. I don't think getting people to boo you, I honestly think is, is easier than getting people to like you. And nobody likes Lacey Evans. I'm sorry. They just don't. Even if she does have a great and inspirational story. And I, yes, I agree with all that. And I, I loved her idea. I got to talk to her about her idea about trying to put this out on television. Fans weren't reacting. Heal Lacey Evans is what's best for business at this point. It's what she's going to, it's the only way that she's going to excel. And the fact that she gets a reaction is good enough. She gets a bigger reaction than, than Natalia does. She gets a bigger reaction than Shayna Baszler does. She gets a bigger reaction than Raquel Rodriguez does at this point. She gets a bigger reaction than Zia Lee. She gets a bigger reaction than most of the women on the SmackDown roster. So she should continue to be heavily featured. She definitely needed to be a heel. And if she's the one that beats Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship, say somewhere around Survivor Series, somewhere around TLC, somewhere around day one, I think that's a great first run for Liv Morgan. And I think it's a good decision to, to pull the trigger and finally give Lacey her first run of the title at that point. Yes, this was the right call. What say you, SP3? This is 100% the right call because this is a better heel character than her original heel character. The sassy Southern Belle had a shelf life. It was basically a comedy gimmick that you really couldn't take her seriously when she was up against, you know, the the Becky Lynch's of the world or she was up against Charlotte Flair. It was like she needed something to, like, help her because of that gimmick. But with this gimmick, she has every right to be mad at the fans. Yeah, she poured yes. her heart out and gave these emotional stories. The issue why she didn't get over as a babyface is because this should have been three weeks long it should have been three weeks of this yeah. emotional story better paced out to to you know don't tell us that basically the same story three weeks in a row and it became i think it was at five weeks by the time we finally saw her in in front of the fans but it was like and then she and then they moved this. her to raw and then she cut another one it was like five weeks of the same story over and over and over again and it got to the point that it annoyed people like it was yeah. like no, I don't want to like her. You're forcing it now. So they didn't they didn't do that properly at all. But this whole heel heel character ha it feels like more of a main event type of heel because she has a legitimate reason to have that gripe with the fans. She poured her heart out. She had an inspirational story. She's a former Marine. She's a mother. Yet these people despise her for just I don't even existing. know why they don't like they, yeah, they just for existing. Just existing. So this is a very, this is the type of heel character that always works. The heel character that is making a great point that always works. And this is going to work.
is going to work hands down, no question whatsoever. And again, a lot of the the botching around. I I I saw somebody say that Lacey Evans is the new Big Show, and I'm sitting here, I'm going, no, no, she's not, because if you actually look at what she's done on screen, it's all been a very linear linear move straight to this. It's all led to this. It's the back and forth that happened behind the scenes that threw everybody off. All the people who read the, the, the comments of, oh, well, she's been moved to Raw and now she's listed as a heel. Oh, well, now they flipped her heel. And then it's like, oh, well, now she's back on SmackDown and she's doing her whole babyface routine. It's like, well, don't confuse backstage reporting with what we've actually seen on television. If you go back and you watch Lacey's entire run, even though she was briefly moved to Raw, it's all been leading to this. This has been a straight move. Don't let behind the scenes stuff make you think that things have been different on TV. You got to separate the two. And again, the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of her changes were due to Sasha Banks and Naomi and everything that has been going on there. Internet lost its damn mind this week, SP3, when the report came out that Sasha Banks and Naomi had been removed from the internal roster sheet. They've also changed their, their bios on social media to say professional wrestler and not WWE. Naomi putting out some some stuff about knowing your worth and and fighting back and this, that, and the other thing out on social media this week. What, if anything, do you take away from the latest news with Sasha Banks and Naomi and the fact that they've been dropped from the internal rosters, but they are still listed as active competitors on the main website? Um, it just tells me the lack of communication within WWE, honestly. <laughs> That's what it tells me because it's quite obvious that from how what Naomi because Naomi is the key here. I think everybody has always positioned this as a Sasha Banks move that yeah. Naomi was just loyal, you know, loyal to her sister and just um, you know, following her lead and Naomi would be back, but Sasha wouldn't. Naomi's Instagram and Twitter and social media uh, you know, output content tells me that it's about her as well so yeah. yeah it tells me that they might be done for the time being i'm not saying that naomi won't be back or even sasha bank there's a possibility of her being back but it tells me that they are done they are not on in wwe currently it's just wwe has a total lack of communication uh, and they're trying to save face in the public eye due to what's going on with Vince McMahon, and they don't want to put this information out and confirm what everybody else seems to know yeah whether or not they are still contracted whether or not they are still employed with wwe is irrelevant at this point and this is why i'm, I'm not taking away anything because nothing has changed nothing has changed from the the latest all oh, they've been removed from the, uh, the the internal roster sheet i don't know what that internal roster sheet means does it mean people who are employed with a company or people who are still active competitors because if that's the case cody rhodes wouldn't be on the internal roster at this point because he's not cleared to compete i don't know how any of that works so i'm not taking anything away from this the fact of the matter is they ain't on tv and nobody's been able to confirm whether or not they have officially been released i know there are the reports from raj giri that says yes she has been released but we've got other people who are sitting here saying, oh, the, the, her lawyers are working on it. And then we got other reports saying WWE is trying to smooth things over with Sasha Banks. Nothing has changed here. And until I hear a definitive answer one way or the other, WWE sending out a tweet wishing Sasha Banks and Naomi the best in their future endeavors or they come they out. Don't do or they that anymore. What was the last? They did it for Bray Wyatt, right? He, he was the last that one. Was the last one. That was the last that one. Was, that was all. That's nearly a year ago now. Right. And they exactly. released a lot of people I since then. That. 
I understand that. But until we get it definitive one way or the other, nothing has changed for me. This is status quo. This is, I'm, I'm taking literally nothing away from this. They ain't coming back anytime soon. I've been of that opinion for a very, very long time, and I'm not going to freak out over internal roster sheets. I'm not going to freak out over Instagram posts. Obviously, there's still beef there. It's only been a few weeks, guys. It may feel like 10 years at this point, but it's only been a few weeks. They ain't coming back for SummerSlam if they were coming back. It ain't going to be till next year at the earliest that we see either one of them, unless, of course, something definitive happens and, you know, Mercedes shows up on AEW TV in like 90 days or some crap like that. Okay, so I'm watching SmackDown on Friday. And we had two different tag team matches there, SP3. Two different tag team matches. Heel versus heel tag team matches, right? I'm going, well, this is weird. Why, why are we doing two heel versus heel matches on SmackDown? This doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then I started digging and I started doing some looking and I, I realized something SP3. Do you realize in all of WWE right now, now that RK bro and it is, is split due to Randy's injury. There, there are two, there are two babyface tag teams in all of WWE. It is the profits. It is the new day. And that is it and the new day is currently busy getting their asses handed to them by the new vicious viking raiders very important to say that they're both new and vicious and to make sure you say that every single time you bring up the fact that they are the new vicious viking raiders uh but still you have basically one babyface tag team and they are getting another shot at the tag team titles at SummerSlam. looking at the evidence around it i know a lot of people want montez ford to to get to get his big singles push, and they might be building him for this big singles push. If given the choice, SP3, are you breaking up the Street Profits, or are you having them win the tag team titles at SummerSlam? Because I'm looking at the entire landscape of the tag team division, and I'm going, they need the Street Profits right now. They absolutely 100% need the Street Profits, and I think I would pull the trigger on here. You got to start the downward descent of the bloodline sooner rather than later. Have the Street Profits win the damn tag team titles at SummerSlam because it makes more sense to have those belts on a babyface team right now with all these other heel tag teams than to have the Street Profits lose again definitively this time and then begin the dissension of the Street Profits and have them split up. If your division doesn't have the Street Profits, it's in trouble. It is massively in trouble. Right now, things are cool. Things are fine. Usos and Profits are cooking. That match, I don't care what Dave Meltzer says, was a five-star <laughs> five-star classic in the last pay-per-view. I will say it. it. I don't rate matches. It was five star to me. I don't it give a wasn't. damn what you say. Yes, it was. It wasn't. No, it you was. can't. You can't have that type of finish. And it wasn't. And the first half of the matchup was nothing. It was. It was. It was good. The first half. It wasn't. I think that people that want to say, "Oh no, it's five stars." They're, you're overrating the the last ten minutes of the match and ignoring the first ten minutes of it. That's basically what you're doing. I'll but it was a great watch. match, nonetheless. It was a top five match in WWE. It's not better than Cody versus Seth, so I don't think it's it's five stars because that's the best match that WWE's put on all year, and it's, it was better. It wasn't on that. It wasn't on that level, and it wasn't better. Um, but as far as the question, <laughs> um, as far as the Street Profits, I think the only reason to make this match at SummerSlam is because they're going to win the tag team titles. I don't think you run it back. 
uh, after Money in the Bank because it exceeded all expectations for a matchup that we've seen various different times, and it was so great that people, you know, like you like yourself, are overrating it. But it for people like me that just rate it as it was, it was a great match and the best tag team match WWE has put on. I would say since the Usos versus New Day series back in 2017. So I think they can give us another great matchup at SummerSlam. And yes, the Street Profits should win. A lot of focus in WWE here as we wrap up the five count on Mr. Austin Theory. Mr. Money in the Bank. He did show up on uh, Friday. Didn't really tease a cash in. I know everybody's sitting here saying, oh, he was teased. No, he, he was just basically letting Roman Reigns know, hey, I'm here. I'm around the corner. Roman Reigns did a fantastic job, in my opinion, of just basically shooing this man away. Just his facial reactions are like, bitch, get out of here. You ain't on my level. You ain't even a threat. Just walk away. So we know what Roman Reigns, at least kayfabe speaking, thinks of Austin Theory. I will ask you this, SP3. Do you think he is a legitimate threat to end Roman Reigns' reign as WWE Universal Champion? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I got I got a shout out one of my good friends, one of my colleagues over at Wrestle Talk. They just did a video. My good friend Pete Quinnell just did a video on Roman Reigns of why Roman Reigns is not working. And the best point that he put across during that is that sometime in the 600 day reign, when it was going very well, the question was who is going to dethrone Roman Reigns? And we talked about it when it was going well or when it started to go downhill. After WrestleMania, we were talking about guys like Cody Rhodes, Braun Breaker, Gable Stevenson, an outside shot like him. But in the past three months since WrestleMania, the question has turned to when Roman Reigns is going to lose the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. And that's a problem. That's a problem because it was who, which is excitement on who can be the next champion to when is this going to be over? Cause I'm yeah. over it. Like that's an yeah. issue and Austin theory ain't it. And I don't think that that's the right decision to end Roman Reigns. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the key, the key wording in this question is Roman himself. I don't see Austin theory cashing in on Roman Reigns. I don't think Austin Theory is going to cash in unless WWE is going to do my idea, which they never do, which is for, you know, whether it's at Survivor Series or day one or some one of the big pay-per-views down the line is where you finally get to the point where it's Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, that match that a lot of people want and want to see this feud revisited. And Austin Theory decides to cash in on that match to try to pull off a Seth Rollins move. And Rollins ends up beating Theory to win the championship. Unless that's what you decide to do with Money in the Bank to keep Roman unpinned if he's going to have this match with the Rock at WrestleMania and get the belt off of him. Unless you're going to do that, I don't see Theory cashing in on a, until it's like the next champion. Like if Cody Rhodes wins the WWE title at WrestleMania, I could see them immediately sending in Austin Theory to cash in and take that belt away from him for the sweet, sweet, sweet heat uh, that they would get on that point. And you got to give Theory credit. People love to hate this guy. It's the same way with Lacey Evans. People love to despise this guy, and he does get reactions, and there are people who are genuinely pissed off that he's Mr. Money in the Bank right now.
But no, it makes no sense. Why would you cash in? Why would you have, from just a logistical standpoint, why would you have Austin Theory cash in on Roman Reigns? Unless Brock beats Roman for the title at Survivor Series or at SummerSlam. Unless Brock is the guy that finally beats Roman, which makes no damn sense. And it shouldn't be Brock Lesnar that beats Roman Reigns, but they'll probably give it to Brock. Unless babyface cowboy Brock cashes in or beats Roman and then Theory cashes in on Brock Lesnar. I'm not saying he would lose or I'm not saying he would win or lose. I honestly could see him going either way. But remember, it was Brock that squashed Austin Theory at Madison Square Garden. So, And he's already kind of brought that up on television at this point, I do believe. Either that or it was a, a digital exclusive that he he owed it to get Brock back for what he did to him, alluding to that squash at Madison Square Garden. So, again, they're using Austin Theory here as a way to kind of build some more intrigue around this match at SummerSlam, but I don't think it's going to work, honestly, necessarily. Now, if, if, if Sami Zayn or Seth Rollins had the briefcase, I think there'd be more intrigue, at least on the fan base uh, perspective of things. But no, there's no way in hell that Austin Theory is going to end Roman Reigns' uh, WWE Universal Championship run. Probably Cody Rhodes or maybe Seth Rollins or whichever babyface ultimately does beat uh, Roman Reigns. But again, that's a great point, SP3. It, it is stopped to be, it is a long time now, it has stopped being who and when turning it to win. That is such a good point. And yeah, I think a lot of people are there. It's a burnout factor. When SummerSlam rolls around, it'd have been two years. Roman Reigns has held his belt. That's a great run. I get it. It's huge. It's, it's finally making Roman Reigns who had a lot of rock type reigns, to be honest, short 30 days, 60 days. I think he was finally going to get like a long run. And then he got, you know, uh, the performance pop, you know, and had to be suspended. So he's had his time. He's still, well, he was, he was going to have a long reign and then he had the bout with leukemia. Oh, that's right too. Yeah, that's right too. Yeah. So he had an opportunity to get two long runs and then different circumstances popped up in each situation. But yeah, I think a lot of people are saying, when is this going to be over? We're ready to see something else at this point. I don't know if people are quite ready for Austin theory to be that next thing. Whether again, I, he ain't beating Roman Reigns. It's not happening. I will eat. I don't have a hat on today. I will eat my hat. I will eat a hat if Austin Theory is the one to finally pin Roman Reigns' shoulders to the ground for the first time since December of 2019. We do thank you guys for listening to uh, all 50 minutes of this half-hour podcast or watching here on the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe wherever it is that you guys are watching and enjoying Believe in Pro Wrestling. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, again, stick tuned to the channel this week. Uh, going to have Athena dropping this week. Going to have Renee Paquette dropping next week. I got some more uh, interviews up my sleeves. And oh, by the way, I'm going to be at SummerSlam. So there's going to be a lot of more good content coming out on this channel uh, as we approach SummerSlam and after SummerSlam. How many times can I say SummerSlam? I don't know. We'll see. We will be back tomorrow, live stream, 2.15 in the afternoon. Let's go. Talking about Monday Night Raw, a now Liv Morganless Monday Night Raw. And now the question is, what do they do with Bianca Belair? Because I don't know if Rhea Ripley is going to be ready by SummerSlam. So... I honestly, I wonder, I, I really wonder what they could be doing for Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. It is quite the mystery. We'll see how things shake out on Monday Night Raw. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. SB3 and I'll be back on Tuesday, 2.15 live here on the YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.